0: Welcome to The One Podcast own your potential, and own your worth. This is the podcast that gives you access to the world's top mentors, people who have inspired and guided me to believe that anything is possible. These are the people that give you the rubber meets the road, how-to information that I wish I would have always had when I was thinking about starting, growing, or scaling my venture. These are the people that help us believe that one person with a clear vision and committed heart can change the world. I'm Ingrid VanderVilt, your host. Now let's get started.
1: Hi everybody, it's Ingrid Vanderveld here, and welcome to the 1 Billionaire Strong, Own Your Potential, Own Your Worth, and that's Billionaire as in H-E-I-R. Here on this podcast, we believe that it's possible to really own your potential by really following what you're called to do, creating a life of impact, and there is no better person to talk about this than the amazing global leader we have on with us today, Letitia Garrett DiCayo. Leticia, it's so good to see you. Thank you for being here.
2: Of course. Hi, Ingrid. Hi, everybody.
1: Hi, Leticia. So for those of you who are meeting Leticia for the first time, I'm sure many of you have heard of her, but if you are meeting her for the first time, um, Leticia, if you'll allow me, I just want to take a moment and just uh, share a little bit about your background, but also share, um, you know, the reason that I really, really wanted her to be with us and I'm so appreciative that you have accepted to be with us on this podcast is because there are very few leaders in the world that think at the scale that Leticia does and there are certainly very few women that think and execute at the scale that you do and so again we're going to talk about creating a life of impact but you have really you are a living role model for what is possible and so just to put a cherry on top of that to give you all a little bit more about her background. Uh, Leticia is a technology entrepreneur, investor, and political activist. You are also a wife and a mother of two amazing children. Yes. (laughs) Calling in from Paris, too, to make it happen. So, Wonder Woman. (laughs) She is the co-founder of Space Space, dedicated venture firm, Global Space Ventures. She is an early investor in the US commercial space sector, including SpaceX. How cool is that? I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't think anybody in the world today is having a conversation around space that does not talk about SpaceX, and you are one of the early investors in that. You're the co-founder of Escape Dynamics, which built a space propulsion system based upon beam, beamed energy technology, which was added onto NASA's technology roadmap in 2015. Escape Dynamics' work was featured both in Scientific American as world-changing idea and as number three, that is amazing, of the top. 10 world's most innovative space companies by fast company after SpaceX and blue origin. You are also the co-founder of entrepreneurs for Hillary. I want to ask you about this because uh, I just learned an interesting tidbit about this, which became a major organizational and fundraising force for Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign. Uh, The list goes on and on. And for those of you again, who are watching, listening, or reading, I invite you to go and see the blog where you can read more on her bio Uh, But we're gonna jump right into it in this first segment, which is to talk a little bit more about your story, Leticia. How the heck did you get yourself going? Like you, and that's a big loaded question, but here you are again as this leader who is creating these multiple impact ventures. Your wife, your mother of kids, you travel the globe. Where did the inspiration for believing that anything was possible even come from
2: so i i think the inspiration started to flourish when i was very young Uh, i was blessed to have a grandfather who was the first uh planetary geologist in france he opened that field and uh because of this uh uh, you know, it felt that sky was not the limit, that really we should look to the stars and not necessarily go and do anything in space, even though I ended up doing something in space, but just find our niche and, and make an impact and and nothing was too big. Uh, and and I think that followed me in uh, when I was about 17, I was... Uh, I received this call from a cousin when I was on in, in my summer vacation saying, hey, there's this competition. Uh, they're gonna select 40 young people from around the world to go to Japan and discuss how uh, the GIS, the Global Information Society and the future of the internet should look like. And you know, I've heard you like talk about all those things and there is no, no one better than you to do this. And I basically left everything uh, to go back to Paris buy books and start studying and start thinking and and writing those pages on what my ideas were, submitted them and uh Cousteau, uh the the Marine um Jacques Cousteau from France and others were part of this jury and selected me and a few others from France. We're three or four. We got to go to Tokyo and there we were with young people from all over the world and amazing people like Nicolas Negroponte who started the Media Lab and Chairman of Sega, the like some ministers from the uh, Ministry of Japan, and and they were there to listen to our ideas, our the young people, and so we were in that place that I felt, wow, if we can tell them how we think the internet will revolutionize education and how it will revolutionize how we can be uh, better, you know, take better care of Earth through and and the environment and how we can do better in all those important fields that are so important and impact society at large, that means anything's possible. And uh, I think I got that confidence. And I I think some of my early uh, formative experience at work also gave me that confidence that anything was possible. I mean, working at Goldman as my first job, there is, I've never seen a company other than Goldman give so many opportunities to people that are, not even 20 years old or I mean I got to fly by myself I was 20 with CEOs of US company cross country CEO and CFOs and have discussion uh, with them about various uh, various parts of their businesses including for example with the CEO of Sara Lee at the time and discussing about coach and what should they be doing with it and it wasn't really their core business and maybe they should IPO it and I went back to the London office of Goldman saying hey you know of a dinner. And and then we continued that conversation in the next few days. It really looks like, you know, really IPO coach. And here we go. We pitched it and, and Goldman got the mandate and I wasn't doing marketing or anything. I was an investment analyst crunching the numbers, but I happened to have had this conversation and, and Goldman made it possible to have those opportunities and gave us sort of free power to just go and do. And so, you know, I've heard
1: that many times about Goldman, that they really create these opportunities um, for for those that come in and, and really join the organization. What this, though, um, is really pointing out to me, too, though, and I'd love to to just spend a moment on this, is that there's no getting around. You and I have known each other for some time, and, and I love that you appreciate the value of the family you were raised in. And so there's this sort of blessed upbringing in terms of quality of thought and expectations. But but similar to Goldman, you have worked your tail off to earn everything that you have gotten. And and that's something that if if we could just spend a moment on that, because even at Goldman, Goldman is an organization that'll create those opportunities, but you've got to earn it to even get in there in the first place and then earn it to actually be able to have those chances.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I think hard work is a base of everything you've got at Ingrid. I think... Uh... Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to do that work and I was at Goldman, I was working weekends. I, I mean, I have a funny story around that is that after it had been a couple, I think it's months, not just weeks, but a couple months. And I wasn't staffed on any deal, uh, for that following. Well, I was staffed on a deal, but there was no work on it during the weekend and comes Friday. I'm like, wow, I don't have anything. That doesn't sound right. Right. I literally went into the office of the staffer to say, Hey, I've got some free time. Like, do you want to staff me on something else? I have nothing this weekend. My deal is like, you know, things will start back on Monday. And he looked at me like, are you an alien? Like (laughs) you've been working nonstop for three months and take your weekend off, enjoy it. And, uh, but I just, you know, I loved so much what I was doing. Uh, but I think hard work, whatever it is that you do. And, and there are different periods of your life, of course, of a time you know, you build a family, et cetera, you, you you need to balance all of it. It's not as easy as when you, you start off and you have no other big responsibilities other than what you do at work. Uh, I do think it's important to find a balance, but the hard work is is definitely uh, critical to get anywhere. Well,
1: qu- well question on that, because you, to use to stay with that alien analogy for just a moment, would you say... Um, just if you were really doing an authentic reflection on, on your work style, uh, because you have, you have been involved with some globally impacting initiatives, ventures, all of that. And with, how would you compare your work style to most people? Would you say you've got a more intense work style or, you know, put it into context for us?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I do, I do think I'm pretty intense, uh. Uh, in the sense that I, I, I want I want to do the best I can to to try and steer results and, and outcome in the best way possible. So how that translates is that uh, it's difficult for me to leave any open items unresolved until I'm sa- I'm satisfied that they're where they should be at that moment in time. And so uh, I'm in France right now, but. Uh, Two years ago, or I mean, the time flies, but uh, I was, I spent part of the summer in, uh, I had one week vacation essentially with my family, but at the same time, I was about to host uh, Vice President uh, Tim, uh, candidate Tim Kaine uh, at my home in New York. And, uh, you know, we didn't have quite the attendance I, I was expecting from the get go. And I essentially spent all my night of the week that I was on vacation in France to call up people uh, and uh, just, you know, be be working on this. So, yeah. So you
1: do, uh, well, and that's that's a great piece of advice. I mean, that you do what it takes to yep. deliver the expected results that, that you're counting on for where things are at that period in time. Yep. Leticia, I am dying to ask you about what you have experienced, I mean, in terms of the different work styles of men versus women, because you've gone into some fields that have been traditionally pretty much male-driven, and you've been an extraordinary leader, but a, a woman leader in these areas. And uh, so I want to dig into that, but I'm going to wait and invite all of you to come back into this next section, because we are talking about confidence, and I think that this ties together very nicely on confidence. So Leticia, Gary CKO, thank you so much for being here with us. Come back into the next segment on Confidence. Thank you again
0: for listening to The One Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Ivy. If you enjoyed today's episode and would love to hear more, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Anchor, where you can listen to new episodes. Be sure to leave us a review and let us know what you think. For more information about myself or the Empowering a Billion Women by 2020 Movement Initiative, visit EBW2020. Our hashtag is One Billion. Until next time, see you then.